Norwich City's winless start to life back in the championship continued with a 2-1 defeat to Hull City at the MKM Stadium on Saturday. Um, we're going to pick through the wreckage here on the latest edition of the Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast. I'm Connor Southall, joined by uh, my colleague Paddy Dabbit and also Norwich fan Tony Jarrett, who has uh, joined us for this whole debrief. There's plenty to discuss, I'm sure. Um, we're, we're also, of course, coming to you in association with Future Radio. You can listen to our shows on there on uh, on Tuesdays, I believe. Um, Patty, let's let's start with you because I mean I, I don't like to look at the league table at really at any stage before the opening ten games. Um, it feels a bit futile to do so. But if if you cast your eye to the championship table, even very prematurely, it doesn't paint a particularly pretty picture. And and what we're beginning to see now, even after three games, and I suppose it's probably an extension of pre-season to an extent, is probably some trends and patterns that are emerging for Norwich City that are quite concerning. Is is that probably fair to say, given where they are at this moment in time with one point out of a possible nine? It has to be, Connor. It has to be. And it's great that we've got Tony on to get, you know, get the actual fan perspective on this because, you know, even this morning, you know, we're recording here Sunday morning and, you know, as we do and what we do for a living, we, we take the temperature from social media and there's fans inevitably already questioning whether Dean Smith is the right man. If, if not, then who else? Um, and there's others then conversely who have a different opinion and, and think there's plenty of mitigation. And, and there is really. I mean, you look at, I mean, what a hand he's been dealt in terms of the left back situation, where he's now subject to, you know, an update on, on Jakob Sorensen, which we'll get Monday morning when we go down to speak to McColney ahead of the, the Huddersfield game. But potentially, well, two established left sided uh, defenders and then Mr. Polly Filler himself all out within two or three weeks of the season. I mean, that is by any measure, a uh, horrendous look for a head coach and presents him with quite a serious issue. Now, if Sorensen is unavailable you know, for Huddersfield onwards, and we know Sam Byram is an option, but I think it, they were looking at the Millwall game rather than the, the Huddersfield game. So, you know, Ben Gibson, could he go in? So, you know, it's a really interesting one now in terms of Smith. Is he the right guy now? Is there deeper issues, you know, both above him and below him in terms of the squad. Um, and setting aside, you know, the fact that, yes, there are injuries. You look at Zara, you look at Hayden, both of those two of his key summer signings not really been available. Leaving Zara out on, on Saturday, citing that fitness-wise, he's not quite there yet. And there's others ahead of him in the queue. You know, all of these are possibly outside of Dean Smith's control. But then I, I think it's also fair to counterbalance that and say that, there's a lot of things you can lay at his door and those players that they aren't doing. And of course, one point from the opening nine underlines that. And it's not it's not good enough. And even with, for me, my opinion is with the mitigation, which is there, there's still, despite Dean Smith, uh, you know, saying after the game on Saturday that he doesn't feel there is a hangover from the Premier League relegation. Certainly some of the similar charges that applied last season, i.e. basic individual errors that are proving so costly, that lack of a cutting edge, even, you know, the identity, what is a Smith team in and out of possession, all of those that we laid at his door last season, um, they still apply. So, you know, it, it does feel like, uh, as I've written a little bit earlier today, that it's one of those where there's so many knots at the minute and he needs very quickly to unpick them. Otherwise, you know, those sort of voices of dis dissent are only going to grow louder and louder because you can already hear them now. So, it's by no manner of means the start I think anybody associated with Norwich would have hoped for after a, another abject relegation. 
No, absolutely not. And, and the, like you said, there's plenty of knots that there are to kind of unpick for Dean Smith. There's plenty of knots for us to unpick as well in terms of this conversation. But before we, we kind of delve into maybe specifics in terms of the games, the general uh, the game, the general mood around the place, how fans are feeling, it's probably good to, to bring in Tony and ask him that question. So, so Tony, in terms of, of your view as a fan, I guess the, the obvious one to start is, is, is how concerned are you by this start for Norwich City? It's, it's one point in nine. It's two defeats out of three. But equally, as Paddy said there, there's probably plenty of mitigation, but also some signs in performances that actually they are probably going in the right direction. It, it feels like quite a conflicting time between maybe what the numbers are showing to what Norwich are actually producing on the pitch at this moment in time. Yeah, Connor, I agree. It's, um, I, I mean, it's better from what I saw from from uh, the Cardiff game. It, things are improving. But we just, we're still, as, as Paddy said, we've still got too many individual errors. Um, you know, the, the Gibson the other day, uh, Aaron's yesterday, it's just, we just don't seem to be having any luck either, especially with the injuries. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's really, as a fan, really, really concerning. And, and as you said at the start of the show, I didn't like looking at the, the league last night. <laughs> league position, not good. So um, I, I think... I was really angry last night and, and was quite adamant probably Smith isn't the right man, but I slept on it this morning and I do think we need to give him a few more games, but I just don't see a style. I just don't see any bite. Um, I, I went to the, the game the other day. I was watching the Wigan game the other day and the, the head's down. As soon as we went a goal down, the heads are down. I don't. I, I was listening yesterday, so I didn't see it yesterday, but I don't know if you saw that yesterday, but really obvious against um, Wigan the other day. As soon as they went up ahead, the heads went down. Yeah, I, I would agree. It feels to me, and I'll bring Paddy in on, on this point, really. It's, it, it, they almost look like a team at points that has almost forgotten how to win football matches. And that's a very simplistic thing to say. And uh, I know Dean Smith is insistent that there's no hangover in terms of relegation. But actually, and, and this maybe feeds into kind of the conversation around how the supporters are feeling at the moment, because the muscle memory of a Dean Smith Norwich City side is what we saw last season. The fact that he got promoted at this level before with Aston Villa is probably a little bit irrelevant to how Norwich fans are feeling at the moment. They're looking at a squad of which you could probably argue there are, there are maybe two or three players who have improved and, and probably not massively since he arrived at the club. There hasn't been much in terms of trying to move it on beyond obviously the, the, the incomings and outgoings of players. It, it, it just all feels a little bit... Um, I don't know if broken's the right word, but it, it all feels a little bit troublesome that Norwich City are three free games into the season and the mood is as as poor as it is when we know essentially what they were banking on was a positive start to help shift the narrative. That hasn't happened. And so it feels like we're left pad with a lot of the feelings both on the pitch, but also from what fans are feeling of last season. Yeah, this isn't definitely what I would uh, describe as a page turner. We're, we're we're back in the same chapter, sadly, and, and and at the minute it's quite rightly, you know, concerning as, as Tony touches on. You know, fans are right to be concerned because ultimately, if you take Zara and Hayden out of the equation, which we do at the minute, because uh, Zara less so, but both haven't really been available. It's only Nunes. Who's really new? Um, Sanani, you could argue, but then he didn't use Sanani on Saturday, uh, despite impressing against Birmingham in the week. So, personnel-wise, there's very little changed. You have to say, and and there is that. I think there is that one. I think it's. I think we saw a stat on the way home from from Hull that one win in the league since January this year, and we're now. You know, I know there's a big clump of summer in between two seasons, but that that 
tells you it's a it's a group with a lot of scarring really and um and i don't think you can flick a switch in terms of the the psychology and the mentality funny enough i put that very point to dean smith towards the end of last season would it be hard because the core of this group have been in the championship before and we all know how grueling it is and how relentless it is would it be hard for that group of players which is still the vast majority of this squad to almost go again to to rally themselves and well uh, it's not the bright shining lights of the Premier League again it's with the greatest respect it's Hull away it's Cardiff away it's Wigan at home um, and he's I distinctly remember his reply well, along the lines of well if, if they can't handle it they, they won't be part of it but that's easier said than done because you know we can see in the t- terms of the lack of turnover of players he has essentially got the same group of players and you know the questions will continue to be asked of him and of those players you know are are they are they good enough now to, to shed all the negativity that is associated with a group of players who, who are relegated and in such abject fashion uh, and go again? Because we've seen it already in these first three games. If they think the Wiggins, the, the Hulls and the Cardiffs are going to be dazzled by this is Norwich City, formerly of the Premier League, roll over uh, and let Norwich just uh, you know pocket the three points, then they've been out of the Championship far longer than it feels like they've been out of the Championship because it's... It's a league where you get nothing given to you. You have to go and take it. And um, and, and that vulnerability, Tony touched on it, you know, the heads down, that, that is concerning because that that air of resignation almost when they face a bit of adversity or even as they did on Saturday, as they did at Wigan, they start so well on the front foot, creating chances. There's, there's a fluidity to their play. You think, I like this, I like the intensity. They don't get the breakthrough. And then... It's almost as if somebody presses pause and and you know they, they can't maintain it. I have question marks. Why is that? Why do they the self doubt begin to creep in? Oh, we haven't got the breakthrough. Oh, here we go again. Almost mentality. You know, there's, there's some real deep questions around the mentality of this group of players, and they're they will only ever get answered now if Norwich can start to win games, win them regularly, and build some momentum and get that consistency. Um, and at the minute, we can see it, it's a massive struggle. It's, it's the old cliche. It's like the, the, the tanker trying to turn it round, and it's maybe it's turning in the right direction, but far slower than any of us would have liked to have seen at this stage. And you know, as a result, I mean, it's Huddersfield at home on Tuesday night, followed by Millwall on Friday night. I dread to think if they don't get the results they need in these two games, what the mood music will be by those who turn up at Car Road, you know, as they leave the ground on Friday night, if these next two games follow the pattern of the first three, then we are in a serious situation, I feel. Yeah, well, I, I would agree. I, I think, and I wrote this after Cardiff, actually, um, and, and that was the opening day, that Norwich City can't go to places thinking that merely the name, the expectation, the, the, the perceived quality they have in the group will merely be enough for them to win games at this level because that's proven already not to be the case. It's about application. And if you come up against teams who look a little bit hungrier than you at times and are willing to work harder than you, then you can have a very difficult afternoon irrespective of it. And, and, and I think the way you look at it at the moment, and, and I don't think I'm being disrespectful to, to the teams that Norwich have played already here, but I think a lot of fans, and, and maybe I'll ask Tony this in a minute, will, will have looked at the start of Norwich City season and gone, actually, that's quite a gentle reintroduction to life back in the second tier. I mean, Cardiff and Wigan, Maybe they'll prove me wrong, but I don't necessarily see two teams there that are, uh, are going to be competing for the top half. Hull probably more so, um, and and maybe they they, they will um, push for, for for the playoffs. But certainly don't see a team that's going to be com- competing right right at the top of the of the division. And Norwich City have, have have picked up one point against three teams that probably 
won't they won't have viewed to have been in in kind of the bracket of 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 the teams they would have been looking to compete against come May and and look that that may still be the case but Tony it, it feels like so much of what we're speaking about with this team at the moment is psychological between the years and it, it feels like that's kind of what we look at I mean you you already referenced it in terms of the heads dropping but it feels and and we and Paddy referenced it there the, the opening 20 minutes as it was against Wigan pretty relentless Norwich did everything but score maybe if they score it's is a different story and they've not led a single minute of a championship game so far this season so that's the situation they've not been in and they ended the, the the game pretty strongly as well the last 20 minutes were pretty strong they created a lot of chances probably should have had an equaliser through through Aaron Ramsey late on that middle portion is the bit that lost them the game ultimately. That's where Hull scored the two goals. Um, and you can be a really good side with lots of quality at whatever level. But if you can see two very poor goals in the first one, absolutely is a bit of, of, uh, of misfortune about it. But you're asking a lot to come from two goals down, particularly when, as, as Paddy said, it, it feels like there is already some scarring there and there's a brittleness there and, and probably a lack of confidence as well. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. I do think that we do need to change some of the personnel as well, though. So, so for me, um, you know, Milo Rashika yesterday and, and against Wigan, I didn't think had much end product and didn't really look overly interested. I must admit, I went to the uh, Birmingham game during the week and I thought Sinani looked really good and looked really hungry. I'd want to try, I'd, I'd try and give some of those players a bit of a go, get Rashika out. And, and I think, this is probably a bit more potential, but but McLean, I think he thinks he's a, a starter every week. I'd maybe give Gibbs a go. I was talking to my son about it earlier, just about well, who would you change and what would we do? I just think given give a bit of a fresh up and, and get the players to know that actually you're not on the team sheet every week. I, I, I must admit yesterday I would have not had Sergeant on. I, I would have brought Hugel in. Just again, you've got O'Neill chuck some crosses in at that one where um, Ramsey slid in. I think Hugel probably would have had that. So I, th I do think maybe changing the personnel might freshen it up a bit. Yeah. I mean, I bring Paddy on, in, in on, on that point, Pad. I mean, in terms of, of Sunani, I was, I was stood sort of post-match uh, as, as we always tend to do next to Chris Gorham, who, who asked Dean Smith the question about Daniel Sunani. His response was essentially, who would I bring him on for? Because they had so many attacking players on, towards the end and I guess this highlights where Norwich City squad is at at the moment because they've got they've, they've almost got too many options at times they've got five substitutes but only, they can only name seven on the bench that really does limit probably the variation that he can put on the bench um, it, it's difficult at the moment to see how they sort of materially change games isn't it because of the of the of, of the sheer amount of attacking options they have but also the similarity of some of them yeah, I mean, to, to answer Dean directly, and who am I? But, I mean, I wouldn't be changing him. I'd be starting with Sonani. I'm in total agreement with Tony because I don't think Rashika is whatever the remaining part of the transfer window holds in terms of his future. There was those reports that Farkas, Munch and Gladbach had representatives at Cairo for one of these games. I think it was obviously the Wigan game. You know, he does look a player who's distracted. And, and this is off the back of a debut season where he, he didn't fire by his own, by, by Dean Smith's admission. But probably if you sat down with the lad himself, I mean, what was it? One goal, one assist. Um, that goal at Liverpool, um, not not good enough anywhere near for the, the, the monetary value they paid to bring him. And also his reputation. You know, there was a player who in not that, distant past was interesting some very big clubs in the Premier League off the back of what he'd done for Werder Bremen in previous Bundesliga seasons. We saw absolutely zero of that 
in terms of end product, there was a lot of promise to his game, and there's clearly a player there, no doubt about it. You can you can see when he is on it, you know, he, he his pace and his directness and his confidence it unsettles defenders, and and there was evidence of that in the Premier League. It just never translated, and of course, you know, he's playing in a team at last season who were really struggling to to create anything on a regular basis. So it wasn't all down to him. But I think the feeling was if he is here and he's part of it moving forward in the championship, you, you're taking a step down in terms of the quality of opponent. He should be taking a step up and really, really grabbing games of championship football by, by the scruff and, um, and, and putting his imprint on these games. And we've not hitherto three games in two and a half games in because he got hooked. And I think he was, he was fortunate to last as long as he did at Hull because you know, just his, but it's just his general body language. You know, he's getting shrugged off the ball in those one v one challenges. Um, there was a ball at Cantwell faced into him, and he's actually in the box. And if he has a good first touch, he's having a shooting opportunity, and it just bounced off him, and the chance was gone. And and everything about his game yesterday was just uh, frayed around the edges and imprecise, and nowhere near what you would expect for a player with his reputation and the price that Norwich paid for him. So, you know, I thought it was interesting. There was a line there from Dean Smith on Friday at his press call about um, happy with the current squad, but if it gets to the end of August and there's players who aren't playing or, or maybe players who don't feel they want to be part of it, they come and knock on his door, then who knows? And is he opening the door there potentially to, you know, obviously needs needs to have the other elements to it, and that is a club willing to take him and, and agree a deal with Norwich, whether that was a loan with a view to a buy or, or an actual permanent. But, you know, everything you're seeing around that guy now he's playing at the start of this season is that, you know, he may well have indicated he's happy to be on board, but now he's had a taste of the championship. Maybe he doesn't fancy it and maybe he wants to get himself away. And and if that's the case, you know, in contrast, Sonani does look hungry, does look up for it. He's coming off the back of a season with Huddersfield where he's battle-hardened in the championship and had such a good season that they, you know, he was 90 minutes from the Premier League, got all the way to Wembley in the playoff final. At the moment, you know, putting any reputations or price tags to one side, Sonani or Rashik, it's not even a debate, is it? So, you know, and that falls on Dean Smith because, yeah, he does have a lot of options, but clearly he need, he needs now to formulate in his own mind quite clearly, I feel that's my best eleven, And despite having the potential to change game and in-game with with, with seven subs and five that he can bring on. I think we need to now really see that's Dean Smith's 11. And, you know, you go back to the two championship seasons under Farker. I mean, no, those teams probably named themselves because they were the, they were the players who were week in, week out performing. Rashika's not performing at the minute. So, you know, if he's got, got the ability to change it, which he has in terms of the personnel, um, then why not? And, you know, I'd even throw in Dal. Dal has the ability, but Again, for, for what we know he's capable of, is he producing on a regular basis when he gets an opportunity? I don't think he is. Um, and he's probably actually on borrowed time, I think, because once Sarah clearly has reached the level of fitness that Dean Smith feels is needed for the championship, he'll be in that team. And and then a little bit further on from that, Hayden as well. So in that regard, if you're a Dowell, you're probably looking at it and thinking, I have to perform here and now, because if I don't, over the horizon, there's two players who Dean Smith have brought in. So they're Dean Smith players. So it stands to reason that when they're fit, they will play. So, you know, these guys are not grasping the opportunities in front of them at the minute. And as a result, um, you know, that's why the performances are so disjointed and, and ultimately not doing enough to win games of football, allied to obviously all the other issues about 
not being able to defend properly and the, the individual errors as well. But, you know, that, that top end of the pitch has to be a concern still, you know, because they have the talent. It feels feels to anybody outside looking in. Do, did Hull have better players than Norwich yesterday? No. Did Wigan? No. Did Cardiff? No. Yet we sit here with Norwich picking at one point from those three games. So, you know, I don't think it's a case of he hasn't got the resource. It's just, just for me, he hasn't found his best eleven yet uh, and put them on the park. And then those players are then performing to the levels we know they're capable of. There was two moments yesterday with with Kieran Dow that um, just lacked quality. There was there was one, um, uh, I forget who the cross was from. I want to say Nunez, but it might have been Puki. I think it was Puki actually, where he flashed it across the, the six-yard box. And, and basically, if Dow makes contact, it's a goal. Uh, and it completely fails to make contact. There was also a moment in the first half where he, he picked the ball up between the lines. All he had to do essentially was, was pick out Timu Puki with a pass uh, that would have basically slotted him through one-on-one. He got that pass wrong, under-hit it. I think it went straight to the whole centre-back. And, and it almost sort of encapsulated Norwich City's lack of, of real quality when it came from perhaps enjoying a lot of territory and possession, but also to constructing a lot of chances. And you, you kind of look at the statistics, and even though Norwich had a lot of shots on goal, the quality of those chances they were creating, even even uh, sort of the, the amount that they had, probably weren't still that great uh, and that is probably still a concern and, and Paddy spoke about kind of unpicking knots there are, are various things for, for Dean Smith to look at in, in, in terms of that and and also the defensive end as well which is interesting because these aren't new issues we were talking about this in pre-season pad we were talking about this last season Norwich City's inability to really score goals but also how um, calamitous they are at the back probably at times how they concede really poor goals regularly uh, and this is probably a point for Tony, really. Is that what makes it so hard to stomach as a fan at the moment? Because these aren't new issues. These are things that we saw last season from Norwich City. And they're also things that we saw in, in pre-season. It, it's almost deja vu, I suppose, watching Norwich City um, this season so far. Yeah, you, you're dead right. It, it's it is really, really frustrating. I, you could put it down to luck, but the amount of clamours, back passes or missed passes or misplaced passes... It just happens far, far too often. Um, I, I, you know, the, the Ben Gibson one the other day, I think there was obviously the one against Wigan, he gave the goal away, but then there was another one in the second half where he nearly gave another goal away, you know, match yesterday. And it's just like, we can't keep being unlucky. There's got to be something in their heads or something where the guys, something's just not clicking, is it? No, it's it's that it's that old football phrase, isn't it? You make your own luck. And, and that, that, yeah. that that's the point. But I mean, Tony, just to, to kind of bounce it back to you. I mean, it, it's interesting from a from a Norwich fans perspective, because even though they won the league two years ago, it's been quite a while since a lot of these Norwich fans have seen a successful team. Right. So it, it probably feels like that is also probably making those frustrations deeper than perhaps they would be ordinarily if they would have been in the stadium. for that that season under Daniel Farker two years ago. Yeah, yeah. But we were still making the mistakes back then. You know, there were mistakes, but it was always we could always score more. But the problem is, as a fan, you're always worried that we almost need to score at least two because we're probably going (laughs) to let a soppy goal in in most games at the moment. So but because things aren't clicking up front, you just that's that's the big concern for me is that we've just not got. You know, there's that cohesion at the back and we're we're almost guaranteed to make a mistake. But we haven't got that cohesion at the front to, to know that we can at least score a few more at the moment. I think that's got that, you know, obviously we've been talking about it. That's the big worry at the moment. Um, I, you know, Pookie had a few shots yesterday, but again, they seem quite tame. Keeper made one good save, you know. But 
it's that cohesion, isn't it? And and that confidence. And and again, I don't know whether that's into the team as well, that they know, you know, do they realise and, and is it in their head so they know they'll probably let one silly one in, but up to, it means there's extra pressure up front. Yeah, I, I think it's a really fascinating point because uh, as as we kind of spoken about already, they they and and they did against Wigan as well, and and even to Cardiff. I mean, they didn't start too badly at Cardiff, even though there wasn't particularly a lot of of chance creation in that game. But it's it's kind of the middle portion of games. It's after that initial burst that they seem to to really struggle and have a spell where they let the opposition regain control and often concede a goal. And suddenly then they're on the back foot, their opposition have something to hold on to uh, and it makes life really difficult for them. And, and it feels like teams are basically looking at Norwich City and thinking if we can navigate that opening 20 minute portion, then we're going to get some joy at some point because they're going to concede a, a chance of real quality. And if we're ruthless, then we have something that we can hold on to. And then it's about hunger and intangibles and uh, a mental strength and resilience. And uh, and those are characteristics that we haven't associated with a Norwich City side under Dean Smith, really. Uh, but Pad, to kind of flip it and to be perhaps a little bit more positive or, or to put this into a little bit more context, Norwich have started slow in the Championship before. They've, they've got the same points, one after three games they had in, in 2018-19. I remember a lot of the conversations around that point um, albeit maybe the difference, and we'll come to this, is probably the expectation and also probably the quality of player that they have this time around. But there was a lot of talk at, at the start of that season about Daniel Farker, and a lot of people were talking about how his style maybe wasn't developing in, in the way that, that supporters were hoping. There was that um, draw against Ipswich, wasn't there, that, that a lot of people were quite frustrated by. And, and if that would have tipped the other way, who knows where we'd, where we'd be now. And actually, Norwich City's kind of the win that, that many people look at as kind of sparking Norwich City came at game seven against Middlesbrough and it was a scrappy one nil win where there wasn't a lot of identity on show so there will be people looking at that and saying we're three games in as Dean Smith probably said yesterday there's no need to to panic just yet but is it the the kind of patterns and trends and um kind of what we've spoken about already elements of Norwich City's performances or not that are the concerning factor within what we're seeing at the moment because as we've said, this is, Dean Smith isn't just being judged on, and Norwich City aren't just being judged on this three games. It feels like they're being judged on the last 10 months, rightly or wrongly. Well, that is the point. I mean, I, yeah, I think somebody pointed that out on social this morning that Dean Smith's not just been in the job for these three championship games. He's been in the job 270 days or something. They'd worked out. And that is the problem. That is, that, that is a continuation of a theme all the mitigation you want in the world. But fundamentally, he didn't just walk through the door three weeks ago. You know, he's been in the building, you know, since November of last year. Okay, you know, we know that he he really you know, accepted a bit of a hospital pass in terms of trying to keep that team in, in the Premier League or at least make them competitive because he failed on both measures ultimately. But, um, but that, you know, does still mean he's had plenty of time to assess these players. He's now had two thirds of a transfer window to to do a bit of business, and he has done a bit of business. Um, there shouldn't be any surprises now with this group of players, which probably wasn't the case when he first came through the door. I mean, he talked about players like Sam Byram and, and really surprised him and Shakespeare in terms of the quality that they possessed. I mean, none of that uh, is the case now, and I think it's reasonable t- to expect. 10 months into Dean Smith's tenure at Norwich that we would we would see a team cast in his image a bit more, which, you know, was clearly something, you know, bar the odd occasion, more so towards the end of his tenure, you would never 
never level that charge at Daniel Farker. We all knew what a Daniel Farker team was about. And yes, it, that is a fair comment that you know you can draw a parallel with the start of the eighteen nineteen season. But and you also touched on it, Connor. They're coming from completely different bases. I mean, that was as we know that was after a, a season where they'd finished fifteenth in the championship, and and that first season under Weber and Farker and all the financial issues off the park. Dean Smith hasn't had to navigate any of that. Pound for pound, he's got a far better quality of player at his disposal. Um, you know, Norwich have far more advantages this time around than he did at the start of that, what turned into Farker's first title winning season. Um, and I think that's the frustration is that I don't think anybody would have expected Norwich to, to romp away with the championship again for a third time, albeit under a different head coach. But you'd have expected to see more at this stage of the cycle under Dean Smith. And that, that to me, is fair comment because, you know, he has managed to bring in players now. He has been able, as he kept saying towards the end of last season, I just need a pre-season now to, it, to, to really bed in my principles, my core beliefs, these four pillars of play that he wants to, to bring to, to the party. Then he's had, you know, a pre-season to, to put that into practice. And here we are, three games in. And one point on the board and not able to defend collectively and individually and not able to score goals. And as we said right at the outset of the pod, charges that were levelled at him all the way through the, the period of time he was in charge in the Premier League. So I think it's fair to state that it doesn't feel like there has been any evolution. It doesn't feel, if we take the measure right here, right now, three games into this championship season under Dean Smith, are the club any better off in terms of making that change, uh, in terms of where they are in their cycle and what they're trying to achieve on the pitch and what a Norwich team is about, the identity of it. Um, now, that may change rapidly because the nature of the championship is, as we've discussed, you know, by this time next week, they'll have played two more games. If they've got six points on the board and they've scored a bag full of goals, what were we worrying about, you know? So, um, it's it, we, we won't make any hard or fast assessments. I don't think it'd be wise to do that here and now. But by the same token, you know, 10 months is a, is a fair body of evidence and are Norwich any better off? I don't think they are. No, I, I, I use this analogy quite a lot through pre-season, but uh, when, I, when I said that it feels like there's almost a, was like a warning light on the dashboard and maybe we get a little bit into the season and either that would you just drive down the road a little bit and that would completely disappear and everything would be nice and smooth or actually it would begin to start flashing and, and then the beeping appears and then obviously that that sort of dreaded stop sign. We're not quite there yet, but it is feeling like Norwich City's gears are grinding a little bit. They can't quite um, get themselves moving in, a, in an upward direction, but it feels that still, even, even now, Tony, that this is repairable and recoverable. And actually, it, it probably feels like maybe they are just a win away from a spark. And we're still at that early stage where this is not, this is, uh, as Paddy said, this is not a stage to draw hard and fast conclusions or to really be assessing anything with complete certainty. But you also have to look at what's in front of you. And what is in front of Norwich City at the moment is is probably not being good enough for, 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 from a perspective of points. And that, and that is ultimately the currency in which they will be judged this year. Perhaps when when they had slow starts in the past, that wasn't always the case. Certainly in in year one under under Daniel Farker. So, um, and we're we're going to get onto how big this week is a little bit um, in, a, in a in a little bit. But this is still repairable, isn't it? If we want to put a positive slant onto this, this is still up to them to repair and to solve these issues that we've been talking about in in the last half an hour or so. Yeah, no, you're dead right. It, it completely is. And and as Pat said earlier, it's that you know. We could be sitting here in, in a week's time and it could be looking load, lo loads better. Um, 
I, I do think if we can get one win under our belt, I do think it will give them the confidence. I was hoping that the Birmingham, all right, it was a, it was a draw, but they went on the penalties. I did hope that that would give us that little bit of a spark. But if we can just keep it tight, not give away another simple goal, but actually just get ahead Tuesday night, you know, we, we've we've got that to look forward to. The other teams are looking good. I was watching it on the, the championship thing this morning. So we are going to have to play better. But I do think that, yeah, it's definitely repairable. And, as I say, it could look completely different in a week's time. We live Norwich City. The build-up. The passion. The drama. The last-minute winners. The debate. That's why we've created Pink and Plus. The app that takes you beyond the headlines. With exclusive columns, blogs, podcasts and videos, we've got you covered. Subscribe today. Pink and Plus. Stay ahead of the game. Download now on the App Store and on Google Play. Yeah, it, it, exactly that. And, and also, um, there are at least signs in their play that, that things are maybe going in the right direction. I mean, Grant Hanley hinted at, at, at this yesterday. They are enjoying a lot of territory. And it's it, it just feels like, as we've already sort of laboured the point, really, but if they can just add a little clinical edge, then maybe yesterday's result probably would have looked completely different. But it is, it is that, isn't it? It's the expectation on this group to amass yeah. points. And the fact they haven't is probably what is leading to a lot of the frustrations that we've already spoken about. Yeah, it is. But I, th- I think I must admit with Nunes, I, I, th- I do think we've got a player on our hands there. So I'm really excited to see him. Obviously, Sarah coming through as well. But, but Nunes does, does give me a bit of a warm feeling at the moment. I do. I, you can't call him another Emmy. Obviously, Emmy's gone now, but he does. He does give that bit of excitement and, and gives the fans a little bit of hope. Yeah, he, he definitely does. And Paddy, I mean, if we're, if we're looking for a shining light on... Yesterday, that free kick was was stunning, wasn't it? It, it certainly was. It's even better when you see it because our vantage was cut well real time, but from the side on. But the, the angle from behind the goal, I mean, that wall. I, I don't know whether the wall was just so poorly managed, but they needed about another three bricks in it because he just totally took that out of the equation and um, and the pace it hit the net as well. I mean, the fair play the keeper made an attempt, but he's getting two keepers are getting nowhere near that. It's just a shame that you know, that would have been fairy tale. I mean, they'd, they'd have been getting the statue ready if he'd have uh, banged that one in his in ninety seventh minute, and it was two two off the back of the Penenka against Birmingham. I mean, he'd, uh, he'd be in folk hero territory already. But what an astute piece of business that does look. Yeah, yes, we can we can point to things they aren't doing well and and areas they need to improve. But that piece of business for the amount of money they've paid. Um, that looks a steal. And and there's no doubt if this guy continues on that trajectory, he'll be in the Premier League with or without Norwich because he, he looks at 22 as well. Just got into the Chilean international setup. Uh, you know, astute judge is saying he's the best player to Chile have produced in the last however many years. Um, and he looks like, what I like about him as well, apart from clearly he's got the ability, the technique, but, you know, it's worth reiterating. He doesn't speak a word of English. He's got an interpreter there who was actually just positioned behind the dugout uh, on Saturday. And you could see him running out on occasion and conversing with Smith and Shakespeare and then relaying messages. So given he doesn't really speak the language, you know, the personality and the character, and we saw it the other night, you know, to step forward and 
we're talking a lot in the early part of the pod about the mentality and, and is it right and is there a brittleness and a vulnerability. None of those you would you would lay at the door of Marcelino uh, Nunes. Um, he looks like a, you know, not only a talented footballer but the type of personality Norwich need, and they need more of that. They need players who, yeah, we're Norwich City. We're in the Championship. We're a target. I don't care. We're better than you. We're going to show it week in week out. Um, and if they had more of that mentality coming through the group, then then you go to hold. You can deal with adversity. Uh, and grind out wins, and and then obviously when you do turn it on, you know you're converting your territory and your possession and your chance creation into to the goals that you play merits. But you know it is a silver lining, but uh, we'd like to see a bit more. And of course, it feels like, albeit it was a much smaller cameo against Birmingham, but I think Sarah can bring that as well once they get him up to speed. And you know it is worth reiterating. And and I can kind of see it's easy now with hindsight. What on earth is Dean Smith doing? Not even to have him on the bench at Hull. But, you know, clearly there's a player there who's only doing his pre-season now. He hadn't kicked a ball since April when he played against Birmingham. To pitch him now into the relentless Saturday-Tuesday cycle of the Championship, he breaks down and then you don't know. So I could see I could see why there was a softly, softly approach taken, but I'm pretty pretty sure Sarah will be either in the 11 or on the bench on Tuesday because Dean Smith will know he needs to shake things up a little bit. Um, so there are grounds for optimism, I think, in terms of that midfield. And what you're just hoping now is that with those two, with Hayden sat behind them, that that can have a transformative effect and that there, there isn't, by the time those three are ready to go, there isn't too much ground already to make up because, you know, they're playing catch-up in a big way. That That's my fear is that by the time they are ready to go fit and firing, as the horse already bolted, and other than only looking at maybe sneaking into a playoff position, that would be the big fear, I think. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, I, I of course wouldn't wouldn't stoop low enough to make this joke, but there probably is one about the fact that Norwich's best performer yesterday is the one that doesn't actually speak any English, um, so maybe can't convert to his teammate. But I wouldn't make that joke, so uh, I wouldn't expect anyone else to. But uh, the, in all seriousness, the fact that in the last twenty minutes, when Norwich were committing men forward and there were loads and loads of bodies inside the whole half, just just hoping to try and produce something that was uh, what would that would conjure up an equaliser. They very nearly did that when, when Max Aarons found that found uh, Aaron Ramsey, who was basically stood on the goal line. And uh, I, I don't even, I'm not even sure he knew how he missed that. It was uh, managed to kind of scoop it up and over the bar. They did have the chances, but but the fact everything was kind of being funneled through Nunez to try and produce that pass to unlock that really low, solid whole block. I mean, he's this was his first full game for Norwich City, Tony. That's, that's a lot of responsibility that already seems to be on his shoulders, but also speaks probably more about the quality that he possesses and how much he's already made an impression on his teammates, I suppose. Yeah, you can see that they were trying to get stuff through the, the ball to him. And, you know, I was, I was listening on radio in Norfolk and you could hear, you know, a lot of stuff was going through him and they were trying to find him. I, I mean, that that Penenka, to have that that quality and to have that confidence is great. And as you say, he doesn't speak a word of English. So to, to come in and have that impact, I just think it's brilliant. And, and actually just gives us... Uh, you know that probably that that bit of joy and that that bit of hope for the rest of the season. That actually, as, as he can converse with the team and as he gets better and as he understands the team, we've actually got a real player on our hands there. Yeah, I, I think that's that, that's it, isn't it? It, it? it does feel like, and Paddy kind of referenced it there. There's still some, a lot of evolution that this midfield needs to do. I mean, you, you kind of referenced Kenny McLean earlier. There's still Isaac Hayden to come back, and we're, we're still not quite sure when that will be, but feels sort of end of August. I, I feel it will probably be pushed into September by the time he comes back. He's obviously not 
not played a minute of pre-season. So we're probably in a similar situation to, to Sara, really, where he's going to be edged in. We've still got Gabriel Sara to properly come in uh, and whether we'll see him on Tuesday night or not, I think is, is going to be really interesting. So if we're looking for kind of reasons to be optimistic, the fact that this Norwich City team uh, and midfield with Marcelino Nunez in it still has a, a bit of evolution to do. That that does feel a little bit more positive. But as Paddy says, it's just about what ground they have to make up and how how quickly those those things sort of align, I suppose. Yeah, that, that is the big thing is about how much do we have to make up. So as long as we haven't got um, a massive gap, then you do hold out a hope and you do, you know, there is there is that optimism going forward. As you said, we just need to make sure we don't lose any more. As I said, end of next week is going to be a big, big task. So if, if we've got some points on the board by then, things obviously look a bit rosier. Um, you just don't want that massive gap to have to try and plug, do you? No, I think Norwich are already five points behind certain teams. Um, uh, Watford, possibly, I haven't checked the, the league table, but um, the, the, there's still some points to make up already on, on, on promotional rivals. Yeah, and it's behind, yeah. Exactly. And, and the championship can, can change so rapidly. But that probably lends us on to looking ahead to, to the week ahead, actually, that Norwich City have got. And before we delve into that, I'm just very quick fire going to come to you in terms of two games. Obviously, Huddersfield on, on Tuesday, Millwall on Friday. We're going to ask you both for what points return Norwich City need. Uh, not not that what they'll get, but what they'll need. So, so, Tony, in terms of changing the mood and shifting everything, what is the figure that you would put on it that you would say, if you're Dean Smith, you'd be targeting X amount of points in order to properly get this season going? Four. I think I think win, win Huddersfield. I think Millwall are going to be a tough, tough team just because they've got a lot of big, strong, hard players. I just don't think we're... We need to up our physical game so if we can get a draw. I, I'm almost embarrassed to say, you know, we should get a draw at home against Millwall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'd be targeting four points at the minimum. That's that's the minimum, isn't it, Pad? Four points from, from these next two games. But even then, is that going to be enough to, to kind of squash the frustration and, uh, and fan, um, I don't know if outrage is the right word, but certainly fan concern that is building uh, amongst some quarters that we spoke about? Yeah, I mean, I thought Tony even said four. Four it has to be the benchmark, um, ideally six. But uh, four means they've obviously, you know, sorted out maybe the top end of the pitch. Also, probably means if they've ground out a draw, they, they, they may be addressing those issues at the back back end of it as well. And and you you would start to not not free not full on release the handbrake and away we go momentum, but it would feel like they'd injected some momentum, um, which clearly isn't there at the moment. You know, they're in a probably a regressive part of the cycle. So I, th- I think that would lighten the mood. And the fact that I think it's very key if they get those points on the board, that it's at Car Road as well, because, you know, that's where the vast majority of their fan base are going to be watching them this season. And if those people turning up um, see signs of progress and results, and hopefully then off the back of that performances as well, that they can s- start to see, yeah, we know where Smith's trying to take this group of players now. We can row in behind it and on we go. Bit of a bumpy start, but that's behind us and away we go. That's that's the imperative, I think, this week. It isn't, you know, ir- I mean, ultimately, they didn't get those points. They had another two poor results. And the season isn't over in terms of how many more points and games are left to play thereafter. But I just think the mu- the mood would be pretty toxic, really, because, you know, by that stage, you know, those questions that are getting asked now, um, they become even louder and, and, and more people start to ask them as well. And, you know, 
the doubts and and the feelings that maybe this isn't the right fit that's only going to grow you know if fundamentally if you by this time next week you've played Wigan at home then you've played Huddersfield and then you've played Millwall at home and you haven't won any of those three home games how can you reasonably tell your fan base we're gearing up for a, a full-on crack at promotion because the evidence would tell you to the opposite is the case so massive week not in the context of where they end up this season but certainly in the context of changing the mood and, and lifting the fan base and, and giving them something to hang on to that don't write us off just yet It's, it's about looking for, for trends and patterns as, uh, as we've spoken about I've used those those two words a lot and, and if we're still at a stage come Friday night um, after Millwall Tony that Norwich are still the, the 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 trends are negative the patterns are concerning the points aren't there there are going to be a lot of people who already are feeling very frustrated with the way things are going who probably are going to be tipped over the edge by that is is that probably fair and it is probably a reflection of the sheer amount of expectation that is on this group of players and this head coach that Norwich City currently have yeah but you, you... You, yeah, you're dead right. If if we sit, you know, if we sit here next week and we haven't got those points, my, I mean, my heart just sank when you're talking about it. Let me try to think about it. It, it. it would be awful, and as you say, the pressure, the, you know, the mood music around Norwich would be awful. The, the, the crowd want the players to lift them as well. You know, the crowd have got their part to play. You know, us as fans, we need to do our bit as well. But it's really hard when when you know you're struggling against, you know, no disrespect to Huddersfield Millwall. If you know, if you're struggling and we haven't got any points against those, then you, you do have to think, you know, what what else can we do? And, and what's Smith doing with the team? How can we generate that that passion? How do we get just just it's almost like we can't buy a win, but Let's look on the positive side. We will have some points by next week. I'm confident of that, he says. <laughs> good man. Well, I hope they at least double their point tally at the moment. That would be, that would be progress <laughs> that would be good. In, the two, in the two games. But, um, Paddy, I, I'm going to um, sort of reference something that I actually heard uh, kind of on, on the radio. It was an interview with, with John McGinn, and he was talking about Aston Villa's group of players. Stay, stay with me. Um, and... He in this in, in this interview there was a line that said at some point this group of players need to start delivering. It's the same for Norwich City, isn't it? There's been so much said about this group of players, how much quality it, it supposedly has, how much money has been spent on it in terms of transfers, transfer fees. At some point, we need to see a step forward. That has to be this week, doesn't it? Well, you'd hope it is this week. Yeah, I mean, it's funny when you're talking there about Aston Villa. Um... You know, Norwich's result was bad enough on Saturday, but woe betide if we were a Manchester United fan uh, at the moment, given they went to Brentford and embarrassed that great club. And and this morning, Sunday morning, I just seen Gary Neville and, and Jamie Redknapp, I think after that game, they're part of the Sky team uh, pitch side. And, and they've had a set two about who is, where do you, where does the blame lie for the malaise at Manchester United? And, and essentially you had, uh, you know, Gary Neville saying it's it's the ownership and it, and it's maybe the lack of direction from the Glazers as it is there and and Jamie Redknapp venomous in no the blame lies with the players. You know they go out there they they they're, they're supposedly world class some of those players and they're not performing and it just made me kind of map that onto the situation with Norwich. I mean it's easy to question Smith and his methods and what he hasn't extracted so far. Easy also maybe then to, to turn your jets on, on Weber and his recruitment team, certainly last summer. I think that's justified. They didn't equip Farker as it was and then later Smith with the squad of players to, to make them competitive. 
And, and of course, there's the the old uh, you know elephant that's always in the room when Norwich aren't doing well that they don't have an ownership model that allows them to to invest the, the levels of finance required. And of course, you know that's a whole different debate that may start to be changing soon if if certain things fall into place. Um, but for me, I think it is the players. Yeah, I think right now it is the players. Uh, yes, of course, Dean Smith is the the captain of the ship and has to pick the right players and then, and then meld them together. But, you know, is it Dean Smith who's uh, smacking a clearance against the back of another player and dropping down to a, a striker six yards out? It's not, is it? Is it Dean Smith uh, against Wigan playing a, an aimless square ball and then, then putting the team on the back foot and then Wigan turn it over? You know, is it Dean Smith at the top end of the pitch um, showing a lack of conviction when they're in shooting positions or heavy first touches? I don't think it is. I guess the counter to that would be it's Dean Smith who's building the structure and, and a lot of people have issues with the structure and, and the, this well, isn't necessarily my opinion, but they have issues with the structure and, and the identity that the team are playing with at the moment. That is probably where it is Dean Smith, isn't it? I, well, I guess. Well, just to clarify, I mean, I'm not absolving, De- I'm not saying it, take Dean Smith out of the equation. He's nothing to do with this situation because that's clearly not the case. He, he very much is a part of it, but you know, let's not tilt it more in his direction and and less from those players. You know, we've already discussed. You know, what Rashitza isn't offering, maybe what Sargent isn't offering. Dowell, you could go on through through this group of players, many of whom, I mean, nine of that starting eleven yesterday, are championship title winners. Did they look like a tra- championship title winning season team yesterday? No, they didn't. Um, they're more than good enough at this level. Um, they're not showing it thus far in those first three games, and and it's. I guess if you if you're a player, it's easy to maybe sort of you know, t- well we'll let the head coach maybe take the flak here or whatever, or you know we'll we'll just merge into the background. But what you need is what we what Nunes has shown. They need to step forward and take that personal responsibility, um, and actually you know prove what we all feel is the case that, that this is a group of players under a head coach who are good enough to be competing at the right end of the table, whether that translates into promotion, uh, whether that translates into a top two or a top six finish or just outside. But certainly they should be in the conversation. Where they shouldn't be is bottom of the table, propping up the rest, three games in or not three games in. Um, so for me, I think it is about the players as well as it is about Dean Smith, of course, but those players are better than what they're showing. And um, on a personal performance level, a professional level, surely they want to... Uh, you know, prove that isn't the case, and that you know that they're not a group of players who should be going to the, with the greatest respect, to the likes of Hall, the likes of Cardiff, and getting beat. Um, because if that is the case, then Norwich have some serious problems, and and it won't be solved this season. I think then we're in for a, a quite a turbulent few seasons. If if it's now we've now reached the stage where this group aren't good enough, and they have to be dismantled, and it has to be rebuilt again, because that doesn't happen overnight, as was proven with. The Farker and Weber early part of the project, you know, it, it it takes a lot of time, and that's why I think I do think it is a little bit premature. You know, the questions about Smith is he the right man? How many games has he got left? I, I, I think he does need because ultimately he's brought in four players this summer, his first signings for the club, and there's only one of those who's really he's been able to call on at this stage. I think until he gets particularly Sarah and particularly Hayden in that mix that's the time to judge then. So, you know, whether that's 
this side of the World Cup, which is November or, or, or not. I don't know. We can debate that. Obviously, he won't get that if if there's no turnaround in the interim in terms of results and performance. If we continue on this trajectory, it's very hard to see him still being at the helm when we get to that point. Because as was proven with Farker, a pressure builds and momentum in a negative sense builds. And then ultimately the decision is made. So, yes, he needs results in the here and the now, which is why we, to go back to what we just discussed, this coming week is, is massive. But um, I do feel if we if we if we're talking specifically about D Smith and his you know suitability to, to lead this group, I think he will need more time and and and, and be afforded an opportunity to to put Zara and put Hayden in there with Nunes, and then let's see what we got. And if it's still not good enough, and it's still malfunctioning, then the decision will already be made. He won't he won't be Norwich's manager moving forward. No, I think crucially he will be afforded that time as well. I mean, it, it doesn't take a genius to work out. There's a nice natural break if that uh, if that came down the track and, and needed to happen um, come come November. Then Norwich City would have a, a period of time where they could then get the wheels in motion on that. Obviously, we we hope that isn't the case and Norwich City finds some upward momentum um, and, and do get going because, as Tony said, it, it does just feel like maybe a win, maybe a scrappy one nil win. We'll just get things moving a little bit. Um, I, I thought we'd close. Um, actually, uh, just a, a final point on this, uh, and you kind of referenced it there. If any of the players are under any illusions as to what the championship is or maybe the degree of difficulty it will bring, they just need to uh, to reference the opening three games and perhaps some of the, their individual performances in that because their levels are going to need to be... Um, well, significantly higher if Norwich City are, are going to do anything. They also need to be better as a collective as well. And I guess that is probably where the, the questions around Dean Smith are, are coming from at, at this moment in time. But uh, as we've said, he will get time. And even though this week feels big, it probably doesn't feel big in the sense of anything drastic happening on on that regard. It probably feels more drastic in terms of the mood and um, fans' perception of how this season will go. Um Tony, just just to end on then, um, Norwich played in their third kit yesterday. If we're going to end on on a lighter note, and you don't get much lighter than that kit because there's about four lighter tones of colour in it. So what, what, what do you make of that? You've got the home one on, which I think is probably every, everyone's favourite. But if you were to rank the three, where would you where would you slot the third kit? Uh, for me, it's still number three. I, I, I like the away one as well. The second kit, the red, I, I do quite like that as well. But um, yeah, the tie-dye was um, yeah slightly different when I saw it. I was a bit like, wowzers. That's a, a bit different. Still quite cool. Not sure it would suit, suit my physique, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm more of a yellow and green man. But um, I, 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 to be, we've got some great kits this year. We, we are quite. We just we just wish our nice kits would turn into some nice performances. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, kits look even nicer, don't they? When they're resulting kind of trophies. When you're winning, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> Pat, I know you're you're a man of fashion. So, uh, what do you what do you make of the third kit? You, I don't like that comment, Connor. I really don't. <laughs> yeah, what do I make of the third kit? I wouldn't go and purchase it if I'm honest. But uh, I did have a top, I was telling you this anecdote on the drive to Hull. I, many, many years ago now, I did have a top that kind of changed, had some sort of magical properties when you perspired or whatever, it changed, would change colour. It just immediately put me in mind of that. It was actually pink, this top, and it would end up white if I was uh, overly perspiring. But uh, I think it's one for the younger element. You, you're certainly a, a big fan, and that, that probably underscores, I think, the demographic who may... I, I I wouldn't throw everyone of my age into into my category. So certainly no, not. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, I, yeah, as I said to Tony when I saw it uh, before we started to record it, that 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 yellow and green is a thing of beauty. Probably as nice a kit as I've seen in my time, sort of associated with the club. So 
yeah, let's just hope it ends in a, as you say, big grant lifting up a nice gleaming trophy come May. Feels a long way away at the moment, but you never know. You never know. No, you, hope, hope springs eternal, as the old saying goes. It does. And I tell you what, if Marcelino Nunez continues to score free kicks in that kit, then it's uh, it's going to look even better as as the weeks uh, pass on. Paddy, thank you so much for joining me. Tony, thank you very much for joining us as well. Thanks for having great. me. No, always a pleasure. It's been great to have you on and, and to get some some fan thoughts on where Norwich City currently find themselves. A massive week uh, for Norwich City in, in the Championship, if only, as we've discussed, for the mood around their season and, and the beginning of their season so far. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. I hope it's uh, offered some... Um, so I hope it's been a little bit cathartic for you. It's probably been a little bit cathartic for us to get a lot of stuff off our chest after what's been a winless start to the championship season. And hopefully by the time we sit down to record the next one, probably next week, um, Norwich City are in a much better, much healthier, much more positive state. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy your week and we'll see you again very, very soon. <laughs>